Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to a very special edition of the Canes Corner Podcast. Literally the morning after the Hurricanes beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-0 at PNC Arena. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Siding, roofing, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, you know it. They've got it. Aluminumcompany.com, online for free, no obligation estimate. Uh, This is a very brief but special edition. E.J. Raddick from NHL Network. We will present a conversation with him. Uh, But also, it's an apology podcast for you people. uh, Because yesterday, for whatever reason, uh, I neglected to include about five or so minutes I wanted to talk about Auntie Ranta. Uh, and Alec Campbell is here because uh, I'm I'm borrowing uh, him and wasting his time. Uh, you, sir, uh, said way more about Auntie Ranta last night than I did, and I completely forgot to go back and talk about how great Ranta has been. Uh, so yeah, I don't I'll let you start talking about how great Ranta well, has uh, been. No, first of all, I don't understand. I mean, why were people mad that you didn't talk about Ranta? No, I was. Oh, no, so this is just you having to get this off your chest. This is exactly right. This is this is me because I was going to say, because like, it's okay, (laughs) You know, he didn't talk about Ranta. No big deal. It's all right. Talk about him another time in the arena. He was the game's first star. I mean, I mean, I had him as my second star, which may look maybe it's wrong. I don't know. Um, I don't do stars based on the, the way people have traditionally done them. If you score two goals, but I think you are otherwise trash, I might not make you a third, uh, one of the three stars. Hey, I didn't have Ethan Bear a star, right. and he scored a goal last ne- night. Neither did I. He was probably was their fifth best defenseman last night. Uh, but yes, he did score a goal. So, uh, so for for my own purposes, um, I just I meant to talk about him, and I didn't. So. This is us it's okay. talking about Auntie Ranta. Like, there's no penance. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to punish yourself for not talking about Auntie Ranta. I feel like you, you're, <laughs> you're, you're like you feel bad about it. I or do. Like that. I do feel bad. Maybe, maybe because you feel like you're doing the people a disservice. Or what? What if this? First of all, uh, you know this podcast is huge in Finland. I didn't even think twice about it. Honestly, I did. <laughs> I did. And if if I wasn't so tired by the time the pot, like I was done putting the podcast together, if I wasn't so tired at that point, I would have gone back and recorded uh, a segment and stuck it in and reposted it. But literally, it was 1 o'clock when I realized, oh, geez, I didn't really talk about it. So let's, especially since we're big in Finland, uh, let's talk about Father Finn a little bit. So, Ronta had 36 saves last night. He was excellent again, and he's been thrust into this role until Freddie Anderson is ready to go, where he's the guy. 
And second game in a row where Alex Lyon backed him up. And, I mean, he was he was outstanding. I think Rod Brindamore called him the difference in the game. Like, I'm not, even, I'm not sure he played better than Darcy Kemper last night. They were both, both goaltenders were excellent last night. Uh, but the, he didn't allow the fluky goal. And there were opportunities. What was the uh, what was the play in the first period that it was a deflection? Just a weird deflection uh, that I mean changed direction uh, by a ton, and Ronta was able to react and get a pad to it or get a a, a, a glove on it. Uh, I forget the the play, but I think it was off the stick or something of Landeskog uh, early in the game. So he, I mean he was he was excellent. And uh, the fact is, last five games for him, 4-0-1, 9-33, save percentage. Where would they be without without both of these guys? Well, I mean, I don't think they're – I think they both have been huge reasons why the Hurricanes are where they are. And maybe today is appropriate to talk about that very question considering what Alex Nedeljkovic (laughs) and Peter Morozik did last night. So – if you have missed out on either one of those two things, I'll just invite you to look it up on the interwebs. Oh, my god! Because it was a comedy of errors last night. Ned got, got himself in a tussle, or he, at least he tried to anyway. Was that after he scored on himself? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, but it was quite an own goal. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll tease it like that. I mean, so it, was, it wasn't even on goal. The puck that was bouncing wasn't even on net. He played it, and he played it. He went five-hole on himself. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. basically, classic Morozik, Ned, and classic Ronta, Frederick Anderson, Gosh. who I think are just much more composed yep. goaltenders. So, like, I'm not even necessarily knocking Mrazek and I liked Ned. both guys. They, they, I, I, I wanted Ned to be here, right? Yeah, I mean, I, liked I, both I was guys. on that. I was in that camp. I mean, just in terms of like, here's the guy that you drafted, you groomed. He had a great season last year. Why, why would you give that away? But either way, we know now that that was the right move. But either way, those those two guys play a different way, and that's fine. There are different ways to play the game, and that's cool. But yeah, there's no, there's no. There's no sugarcoating it. I mean, you can the eye test the the numbers for both of them are are outstanding. I especially love the fact that Ranta has. It's kind of been a weird season in a way, in that like he has not been. First of all, he's not been, you know, a regular starter. Mm-mm. He's had injuries. He's mm-hmm. sort of been in and out. It's been an Auntie Ranta type season, actually. But, yeah, but <laughs> but when he has been in, he has been awesome. I mean, he is six one and one in his last eight games. You know, he's won his last two. Or what'd you say? Three. It was five zero oh, and one, in his, he, or four zero yeah. oh, and one in his last five. Yep. Um, he won the game at Pittsburgh. That the first game at Pittsburgh. Uh, then he had the overtime loss in Detroit. Right. He won the other game. Right against Pittsburgh, the game after they uh, they wet the bed in Washington. So do we do we can we count the the overtime loss as a win? No, it's a it's a loss. It's a yeah. it's a tie four zero and one. Yeah, so he's won two in a row. No three. The... Pittsburgh, Seattle, Colorado. Oh, okay. okay he's okay, been okay, the okay. starter. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So and there I you thought go. he was really good in Detroit. They just gave up four goals. There you go. He's been 
really good. And last night, I thought he was very solid. I mean, I think you and I mentioned, like, I don't know that there were a ton of, like, 10-bell saves, standing-on-your-head type saves. He made a couple of them. He did. The one on McKinnon in the third stands oh. out, obviously. That was a huge save. He got Kadri too. Um, I, I I was actually talking to Trip Tracy about this last night. Um, we were talking about a bunch of things, but um, he in the I think it was in the first period. Um, he talked about and he mentioned this on the air. Ranta earlier in the season would be back in his crease, um, but he was a, he was actually on top of it or right in front of it, so there's less goal and. It hit right off his collarbone, mm-hmm. right? And oh, the, yeah, the the one where Kadri kind of swings around to the top of the yeah, to the top of the right circle and snaps one that Ronta had to make a, a dinged his was, shoulder. It was yeah. an excellent save. It, it really was. was. So I mean, for Kadri too, who's been, I mean, he's been awesome. He leads them in scoring. Yeah, <laughs> on, on all a team, those dudes right. that are on that team, and he's the one who leads well, them. Well, the thing is, he's been healthy. The other guys haven't all been healthy. Although yeah. uh, Landis Gogs basically played, and Rantanen as well have basically played all year. But Kadri's just been bananas good. Uh, McKinnon. They've got five players on the team who are well over a point a game. Mm-hmm. That's how good Colorado's offense has been, especially at the top half. Um, I think the 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 beauty of that team, and we didn't see it last night, is that their third and fourth lines look like they should be able to score some goals. Uh, but their third and fourth lines were pretty quiet last night. In fact, th- this is the way I read the whole game, which is why I didn't give her on to the first star. Is that, and I said the same thing about uh, Darcy Kemper. I thought both defenses, in spite of the fact that there were that it was end to end for both teams. Both defenses played so well that they limited so many grade-A chances. Carolina had 10 in the first period and 16 for the game. Right, Colorado had, I think, 11 for the game. Yeah. With with as much end-to-end play as there was and how great the skaters were for both teams, that's how good the defenses played. So it's sort of... Even though there were a lot of shots, if you looked at where the shots came from, it was mostly just exercise. Yeah, it, but yeah. the shots were sort of from the outside, from more you know as much as anything. So uh, that's why I, I I didn't think it was a goalie battle. Uh, I thought this was this was a, a game that highlighted both uh, both defenses, uh, and I, Colorado's defense can skate, man. Um, Devin Taves is phenomenal. Devin or Devon? I, I I feel like everyone says it differently. I think. Uh, how would you like to say it? I say Devon. Okay, but it's, I'm good. But I've heard it's pronounced a million different ways. I'm good with uh, I'm good with Devon. Uh, but back to the whole point of this and uh, EJ Raddick in a matter of moments. Um, Ronta's been so good, and there was a there was a line of thinking before this that all things being equal, if both guys were healthy, Ronta might be the better of the two goalies. Historically speaking, mm-hmm. his metrics look better than Freddie's, but he's never been able to uh, complete a healthy season. He's never been a guy that started a bunch. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of people who said that Ronta was the more naturally mm-hmm. gifted goaltender. Yep. Freddie's just gigantic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said for, like, you know, there's 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 ways to put to fit teams together and guys together. 
And I think that that has been part of it too. The way this team plays and the goaltending that they're getting, I think, work with each other. Um, because, you know, a lot of success, I think, comes based on the guys in front of them. And I think the Hurricanes are a pretty good defensive team. So maybe that plays into the hands mm-hmm. of those two guys. Because I, I, I think back to the last few years where there were – for a couple of years there, there was just a lot of grade A chances given up by mm-hmm. Carolina and breakaways and things like that. And at that point, there's only so many saves your goaltender is <laughs> going to be able to make. Right. And the 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 types of goaltenders they had, which we just kind of mentioned, I mean, last year Ned Morazic, you know, Reimer was around too. I don't, I don't I don't consider Reimer to be a super athletic guy. Mm-hmm. But maybe those goaltenders weren't weren't as suited for the rest of what the team did, and maybe it's just a better fit this year with both these guys. I don't know. I'm throwing stuff at the wall here, but they have been great when asked. And last night, yeah, again, not a ton of great chances, not a ton of ten bell saves, but came up with them at the right times. Yep. Whenever it mattered, that McKinnon save at zero zero probably 10 minutes into the third period was just that was just an awesome save and what trip called it the, his best save as a hurricane i don't know he's had some great saves so i don't know if it was his best save as a hurricane uh but given the score the opponent the the player who was shooting mm-hmm. man it was uh that was pretty outstanding so uh 918 save percentage 231 that's your backup goaltender that's pretty good uh, Freddie Anderson is uh, 928 and 208. Uh, combined, they have 39 wins on the season. Because Alex Lyon has the other one. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure that we all knew that Auntie Ranta was, was wonderful. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope everybody <laughs> feels better now. I hope you feel better now. EJ Raddick of NHL Network uh, joined us on the big show Earlier today, here's our conversation. EJ Raddick, NHL Network, and you can watch him on NHL Tonight uh, every day, including today. Uh, and we are excited because I know that today they will be talking about last night's battle royale between the best in the West and the best in the East last night at PNC Arena. The Avalanche coming to town and leaving with a 2 nothing loss. Um, for, for a game that was goal-free for roughly 55 minutes, that was about as good as it gets. Yeah, there was a lot of opportunities at both ends, and I thought Darcy Kemper, you know, made a lot of good saves in the game, and Archie Ronta stepped up and played very well, as he has done yeah. of late, and uh, my feeling about Ronta has always been the same. When he's healthy, he's a pretty good goalie, and uh, he's been healthy over this last little stretch when they've needed him with Freddie Anderson dealing with a few odds and ends, and uh, he was excellent in the game uh, against uh, the Avalanche last night, so a really nice win, and when I watched the, the Hurricanes play, I always kind of look for these games on the schedule where they can tell me a little bit more about a team in a, in a particular season, and that was an impressive performance when you think, you know, you're missing a couple of players that are going to be important players for your team in the lineup. Yeah, no no question about it. Tony D'Angelo and the power play, although the power play has been good uh, until last night. The power play was not good last night, uh, but the power play has been really, uh, really clicking without D'Angelo over the last few weeks. 
but uh, I don't think they missed him last night as much as their forwards were just bad on the power play. Uh, managing yeah. the puck was not good. Uh, but somebody asked me before about you know a litmus test. Was this a litmus test uh, for the Hurricanes last night? Is that how you view these types of games? And do we would we view that for a team like Colorado too? Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, it's a regular season game, and there's a lot of things that go into that. I mean, Colorado has been uh, pretty taxed lately. When I, you know, you think Saturday night they how they were at home in a really uh, heavy game with the Calgary Flames, which they ended yeah. up losing. Their goalie gets pulled in the game. They they fly east. They play the Islanders and Devils on back to back days. The Devils. Uh, I've been playing a lot better hockey lately and have the kind of speed yeah. to kind of push the pace with the avalanche. They were able to rally in that game and win it in their, you know, day off and then they're into Carolina. So, you know, that was the circumstance for them. Carolina's in a little bit of a different circumstance. They're without their starting goaltender in that game. As you point out, they're missing Tony D'Angelo. But, uh, you know, they're at home and they're not maybe attacked physically as the Avs are coming into that particular moment. But still, I think the Avs were revved up to play. Uh, Jared Bednar wasn't happy with how things unfolded in New Jersey on Tuesday night. And uh, I thought you had a really good game and you find a way to win on home ice, especially a game that's tied late, scoreless. Uh, I think there's a lot of good things to take out of that. So, yeah, I always look at those kind of games. I circle them and try to get a feel for where a team is at at any point of the season. A couple weeks ago, the Canes uh, hosted uh, Florida in a game that I, Mm -hmm. you know, really – meant a little bit more to me. I thought it was a really good spot for Carolina. They ended up losing that game in overtime. It was a little disappointing to see. But, uh, you know, that's a good win. So you march on. Teams are going to play a lot of games, Adam, as you know, in the next six, seven weeks leading up to the end of the regular season. So uh, you've got to monitor injuries and health <laughs> and matchups as we get towards the playoffs, and that will, that will likely determine how strongly you feel about a team as they get ready for the playoffs in May and June. Coming up in the next three weeks, the Hurricanes will complete a stretch in which they have played a back-to-back in 10 of 11 weeks. Uh, they wow. they have 10 games yep. like in their next 19 days. Uh, and the next one against Philadelphia tomorrow at 3 o'clock, uh, that's the only game against a non-playoff team. Uh, they have back-to-backs with, uh, uh, this one is a back-to-back, Philadelphia and a trip to Pittsburgh to finish off the season series. Funny funny thing is that Carolina and Pittsburgh has brought out the best in the Hurricanes. Their best two games, uh, really, until last night, because I thought last night was high level, but their best two games in the last month have both been against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, They haven't played well against Washington, and they play Washington. They will finish off the season series with the Capitals uh, over the next couple of weeks as well. But Tampa's back on the schedule. They'll be done playing Tampa uh, after this stretch as well. When you look, EJ Raddick from NHL Network, NHL Now weekdays weekdays starting at 4 o'clock, including later on today. Uh, When you look at the Hurricanes, and I know what the standings say, but what does the EJ Raddick ranking say among the best teams in the East? Well, I think the best teams for me, aside from Carolina in the East, are Pittsburgh, as I think you mentioned. That's that's good that Carolina is playing well against Pittsburgh. That's a team you could you could meet them in the first round of the playoffs. Yes, about how things shake out. <laughs> right. So uh, you know, to me, those two those two teams I think are the best in the. In the Metro and in the, you know, in the uh, the other division, I mean, Tampa, two-time Stanley Cup winner, a little bit of a slide right now playing out west, but 
they've been really good. I got to see them again in the outdoor game against Nashville. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think anybody's eager to play them if they're healthy in the playoffs. <laughs> no. Because they have they know how to do it, and they've got really great personnel to keep position starting in goal with Vasilevsky. And the Florida Panthers, who've been, uh, you know, terrific all year long. They had a little, maybe a small, mini little slide. And other than that, uh, they've been consistent, and they find ways to win, and they play in your face. And, you know, you're playing uphill against them, it seems like, all night. So I'll be curious to see, you know, where they are come playoff time and, and what, it, what acquisitions they may make. Uh, with the trade deadline some 10 days away now. So those are the teams to me. You know, I see Florida and Tampa in, uh, you know, in the Atlantic, and I see Pittsburgh and Carolina in the Metro, and we'll see how it plays out from there. Yeah, Carolina's uh, obviously uh, – I, I, to me, they'd have to – look, the schedule coming up the next three weeks have already outlined it if they can go – you know, five, four, and one in these ten games, uh, they'll be in pretty good shape the rest of the way uh, in terms of winning the division, unless somebody just goes completely bonkers. Yeah. Um, but so, if they win the Metro and that that wild card game is the wild card series uh, is probably going to be, uh, my guess, it'll be Washington, which is uh, mm-hmm. obviously has been a problem for Carolina. Uh, but uh, I'd love to play Tampa or Florida. In the yeah. uh, in the conference finals, only because that means the Hurricanes are in the conference finals, exactly. right? That's that's okay with me. I'm not worried about yeah. uh, all of that. Somebody asked me, "Aren't you worried about yeah. playing Florida in the conference in the in the playoffs?" I'm like, "Well, that would be a good thing." Uh, so, yeah, eventually you're going to have to play somebody <laughs> that is, is dangerous. They're all good. Look, do, do you yeah. think the East is better than the West? Um. That's a good question. The East is kind of top-heavy. You know, the eight that are in are in, and the eight that are out are out. Right. And in the West, I mean, I think you still have probably 11 teams that maybe for eight spots somewhere in there. Um, so, I mean, I think that, you know, when you think of Colorado, they've been – I talked to a GM from the Western Conference who said, you know, we were talking about the teams and their trade deadline, and he said, well, I think Colorado, we feel, is kind of a letter grade better than everybody else. So that's substantial to make that statement. Now, to me, Colorado hasn't won yet, and the weight of expectations as we've watched in all of sports, and particularly in hockey, um, you know, can wear you down and can weigh you down. There are teams in the West, I think, that in a seven-game series, if things go well, can beat Colorado. We've yeah. seen it. So, you know, I, I, I think that the – you know, I, I think it's relatively even. I like the four teams that I mentioned off the top in the uh, in the East. You know, in the West, I think when St. Louis is right, they're tough to deal with. Uh, on paper, I've loved Dallas for a while, but now they have a big injury or a big illness with with uh, with Haskinen being yeah. out with mononucleosis. So I don't know what that does to their their situation over the next month. Um, you know, Calgary has been really strong watching those guys play. I love Calgary. You have Colorado. So there's some good teams out there as well. But, uh, you know, I think the East is probably better at the very top because they have that cluster, at least to me, of four teams. And you have Toronto underneath. They have some structural issues. I don't think they can really get there. But, you know, maybe because of the high-end players they have could cause somebody trouble in the first round. Uh, you know, Boston has, has been kind of up and down this year. But they've been they've been kind of better than I thought they would be considering the changes that they've gone through there. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, like, like I say, Adam, I mean, you know, injuries and matchups are always the key. I've been saying that to you probably since we started talking to each other about hockey, like 
20 years ago. Yeah, so, right. Um, you know, you know how it is. I mean, you know, I think Carolina, I think all these teams will try to make a push, try to add something at the deadline. And then between then and the end of the regular season, if a key guy, you lose a key guy or two, there's really not much you can do to replace him. And that will dictate probably how strong an opportunity you have in the playoffs. And as you talked about, Carolina's setting itself up nicely to, to avoid a matchup maybe with Pittsburgh or the Rangers in the first round. And, you know, the Rangers are problematic because they've got a goalie that can beat you in a seven-game series. Gosh. So, you know, that's the issue with them. So Carolina's setting himself up nice matchup-wise. The question will be, what do they do with the deadline and how healthy are they going to be when we when the bell rings in May? All right, so you say E.J. Raddick is with us from NHL Network, NHL Now, uh, every afternoon starting at 4, including tonight. So here's the my my question for somebody who uh, who circled this game to watch. Aho's line and McKinnon's line, and it wasn't the full McKinnon line because Landis Gog was playing with Kadri last night. Um, but what was, what was your takeaway from watching uh, Aho versus McKinnon, although we know it's the lines, not just those two players? Well, I mean, it's the same takeaway you're always going to have, right? Is that Nathan McKinnon is is a freight train, right? <laughs> and he's uh, he he's a guy that in spurts is dynamic. And he had a, a couple of really good chances last night. I think he put one over the net, or or that uh, Ronta that, made a uh, save on that. Ronta yes, might have got a piece of right. On it. Looked like it was a good scoring chance. So he has his moments in the game. There, there are you don't see very many games from Nathan McKinnon. Uh, you don't notice him, and you notice him a lot, right? So that's who he is. Sebastian Ajo just plays a really sound game from puck drop to the end of the night. And he's almost always in the right position, and he's a very clever player, and he's good in all three zones, and he just keeps doing what he does. I mean, I think he had a really good opportunity really early. Yep, right away, 10 seconds in. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Kemper made a nice stop on that. But uh, I'm a big Sebastian Ajo fan. He does so many things well in the game. So it's just different that way. Like, again, he's not the dynamic kind of pull you to the front of your seat player that McKinnon is, but he's someone that just, again, the thing is that he does so many of the things and he's got so many of the details that I appreciate watching the player that, uh, you know, he makes you better every night and he gives you opportunities to win every night. So it's kind of just different styles, different type of, of players, but, uh, you know, I'm never really too worried about Sebastian Ajo in any matchups. I think he can handle himself quite well. I'm going to give you the uh, the way I refer to Sebastian Ajo. You can uh, you can use this on the air, or you could just tell your friends uh, around the water cooler. He's gumbo. Sebastian yeah. Ajo is gumbo. It's that slow heat that you don't realize is spicy until you're already yeah. done with the bowl of gumbo, and then you go, "Oh my gosh, I need, <laughs> I need, I need, I need cake. I need, uh, I need cheesecake. I need yeah. something uh, I need to something. exactly because he's. It's that low spice that just kind of creeps up on you, and that's really what he is. Yeah. You don't realize yeah. how good he is until the game is over. Yeah, I, I would definitely uh, say that there's something to that because that's the way I kind of see him. He just is a really, just a really helpful player on on every shift. He's not you know, when you watch him play. There's not too many shifts where you go, boy, that wasn't very good. He's pretty <laughs> right. pretty dialed in on most shifts, which is really the mark of a of a really top end player that he can be that consistent over the course of a 60 minute game on every, you know on every night. All right, I know you have to uh, you have to go. I appreciate your time. Uh, we'll do it again very soon. We love talking to you, EJ. I appreciate everything, and we'll talk soon. You got it, Adam. All right, I feel so much better. I talked about Auntie Ranta, 
And uh, now, um, shouts to all of you in Finland. If I knew a Finnish phrase, I would use it. But I don't know a Finnish phrase because I don't speak Finnish. Uh, but I love Finnish people. I love the uh, I love their hockey uniforms as well. Uh, all right, so uh, we're out of here. It's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check out Sammy Hanna and his crew as they make your home more beautiful and more energy efficient. Remember, it's for the exterior of your home. No place better than the Aluminum Company of North Carolina at AluminumCompany.com. This special edition of the Canes Corner Podcast would have showed up automatically in your phone if you cl- you simply followed the Canes Corner Podcast. That's all we ask. I don't ask you to do anything else. I don't even ask you to give us a review or a rating. I don't care. Just enjoy it. Follow it. Uh, we will talk to you after the Canes and the Flyers tomorrow. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.